Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria with you. Uh, weird time in the NBL. Lots of games being postponed, but I hope you've had a Merry Christmas. New Year's just around the corner. And uh, i got my man Peter Hawley coming on to talk New Year's resolutions for these NBL clubs. Um, find out what everybody wants to do in 2022. So sit back, relax. Up next, Peter Hawley. Peter Hawley's in the house. Pete, what's happening, man? Not much. Crazy time in the NBL. Crazy time in Australia and sport. Probably the hardest time for sporting organisations to get through, but hopefully we get there. Yeah. Um, I guess we probably should start there, shouting out all those NBL players and close contacts, wives, all kinds of people caught up in the mess right now. Um, those people who are feeling unwell, uh, those people stuck in isolation. Um, there's there's some people around the league whose families are expecting newborns at this moment and they're caught up in all of that type of stuff. So I guess a big shout out to all of those people who are trying to navigate their way through all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's all just so much out of our control. And as you said, the health, the health and safety of everybody obviously comes first. So let's hope everybody is okay. Uh, I've heard from numerous people around the league. Some people are had a rough couple of days when they test positive others have a rough couple of days just being in isolation and mm-hmm. as we know it's there's so much out of nbl's control in terms of what each state's trying to do so let's fingers crossed that we can all get something going universal because i'm sure the the best medicine for everything is some high quality basketball that's for sure for sure uh do you make new year's resolutions are you a new year's resolutions guy i try to do at least one uh but again it's if you don't do more than one you end up just saying oh i'm not gonna do any of them so if it's one that's kind of easier to do maybe you can do that maybe it's a certain number of books or something that's everyone always goes for a book everyone always goes for like something to do with health and fitness well that's the book's the easy one because you get to january june people are like oh what was your resolution if you oh i'll get there in november (laughs) i'll pick one up and you just never do for real all right and the other thing that is weird that we're going to do today is um Usually you don't make New Year's resolutions for someone else. <laughs> like if somebody tried to make a New Year's resolution for me, I might we might fight. It's, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people, I think a couple of these, we might have very similar New Year's resolutions. There's a couple of obvious ones and others want, other ones are uh, a bit more, maybe a bit random, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. when we think about it, and we can't just say all of them would be COVID related because I think that's an NBL resolution. For real. I think that's that's the resolution for the entire like league coach like stay in your room. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, I mean it's we all it's not ideal. Everyone wants to be kind of we're double vaccinated and you want to be out living your life. But I guess you know we talked we spoke to Gorge on NBL overtime the other day and he was like we learned some lessons from that trip to Brisbane, um, and he talked about you know being careful about what you do and who you hang out with. But he also said like stay in our room, essentially, which is kind of. I think, you know, you think about the Perth Wildcats right now, weeks and weeks and weeks on the road in a row is what they're facing. Hotels in this city and the next. And, you know, obviously the New Zealand Breakers living that life on the daily basis. Um, But I guess if we're going to get this season finished, that almost has to be the mentality. Well, it is. And I mean, the latest thing we see is it doesn't take much for, for someone to get it. And as you said, it could be anything it could be going down to a hotel lobby for yeah. someone, mm. which is the, which is the scary part. And yeah, it's going to come. There's going to be a lot of sacrifices to come. There's going to be a lot to happen to get this season finished and underway. So hopefully we can get there because we started off on fire 
and we, oh, we everything was just looking like a <laughs> massive season. And uh, let's just hope we get some good news out of uh, everything that does control those situations, and uh, hopefully everybody can be as healthy as possible going forward. Because we're not we're not the NBA. We know we know that the NBA have mm. their own set of rules and everything. I know a lot of people like to just say, "Well, they're doing it this way." Mm. Well, we if we could, we would, I'm sure, but mm. <laughs> it's just not not the same. Yeah. Um, my personal New Year's resolution, I was thinking about this before we jumped, we jumped on and started recording, is to, uh, is to stay positive. Mm. I, I actually, I'm usually pretty good at that. I think I tick that box for, most, for the most part. But I know like when things in, in an environment like this, it can, you can slip in a, into a negative kind of mindset. And I actually think that the players and coaches and, and people associated with the NBL are actually kind of really good role models in this regard. I, I often will text like a, a coach or a GM or a player around the league when their, their game's been canceled or their team's caught COVID and they're gone into isolation. I'll be like, oh, this sucks for you guys. And I always get almost, almost always get the same re- response, which is it is what it is. We've got to find the positives. We'll come out bigger, better and stronger. And, I think that's got to be like, that's going to be the mindset I'm going to try to take into this next year is to no matter how all the roller coaster ride of, of work and whether the kids are doing remote learning again or, you know, things go up and down, try to stay positive. Oh, it's a good one. It's not going to be easy. I think everyone's been trying to do that for what, nearly two and a bit years now. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, it's, it's so much that it's just completely out of our control. So that, that is something you can try and control. So I'm with you. I don't mind that. I think a couple of other people might jump on board with that one. Yours is to read a book? No, probably not. <laughs> uh, if anything, it's got, I mean, I've got a new coffee machine in the Boxing Day sales. I just keep upgrading my coffee machine. So to be, okay. once I figure it out, to just do that more than going to, I always like to go walk and get one, but I can make one and then go walk and Maybe just keep using my keep cup. That's might be my main thing. When okay. I'm a coffee connoisseur, maybe I can do my little bit. And I have it sometimes, but not nowhere near enough. I think our stand-in producer, Luke Sakari, probably needs to take a leaf out of that. But he said the other day he goes to his local cafe twice a day. Yeah, I mean, if it's a good if it's a good drop and it's a good environment and the and you know your barista, I've got one down where I am, and he always, as soon as I walk in, he starts making it. So that makes me feel good. He loves the okay. my dog as well. So that's that's going to slowly kind of draw, draw me back. But again, I don't even bring my keep cup. I'm, sometimes I just forget. So at least if yeah. I do that, I'll feel better. Um, all right, where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? Let's smash out some, some New Year's resolutions for this We can start anywhere you want to go. Oh, anywhere you want to go. Uh, I thought I thought alphabetical, might, but it might be a bit too easy. We could go, we could, could do it based on your power rankings if you really want. Sure, let's start with Southeast Melbourne. They, um, they did nothing this week and they rose to the top of the power rankings. Um, my news resolution for the Southeast Melbourne is to re-sign Joe Chi. Oh, I like it. If that's, if that's the mind, if that Tommy Greer comes into the, the start of 22 saying that is a box, I really want to get ticked. Um, averaging 14 and eight with four blocks. I think you could imagine in year two, even I think the officials would be even better at officiating him and realizing that he's actually pretty good at, at moving his feet and avoiding contact and blocking shots up above. Um, imagine if they were able to get him to come back for a second year. He's been unreal. I mean, we saw a little bit of the of the blitz in the preseason and our eyes kind of opened of like, what what can he do? I mean, as you said, he was the becoming 
adjusting to the NBL in terms of officiating, staying out there, that those were going to be the big question marks. But I think a lot of that credit has come with the Simon Mitchell and the Phoenix style of play on the defensive end. They protect him a lot when he's out on the perimeter and try and keep him back home. Because when he is back home, the amount of shots he blocks and alters, I think I said that in um, the article for the awards watchers, mm. we need a new stat category because a lot of, <laughs> he's averaging four blocks a game, but all the others that he alters yeah. make changes, he's unreal. He's been great for the Phoenix and you just love watching him if you're not a Phoenix fan, unless they're playing your team. So that'd be a, that'd be a huge win for them going forward. Yeah, and I just also think, like, imagine if, if they get into the playoffs, which we expect that they will, and they do big things there, and Jochi is a big part of that, then the, um, the amount of people he will draw in in year two off the back of all that publicity, you know, like, imagine if Udai Baba was back this year after what he did in a championship campaign last year. You'd be able to build on, on, on that kind of um, situation. And I, I think that would be huge for the Phoenix if, if it played out that way. Well, it'll be something they look, yeah, as you said, I think they'll be in the final series and they'll be contesting for a title. So you get you get there, maybe even win that or you get close enough, you bring back your core again and keep building on that and adding another piece or two. Then they can have something special for years to come. Then it becomes a real scary thing of <clears throat> in the last four or five years with Melbourne United have always been benchmark in terms of getting to championship games. Grand final series, the Wildcats, we know what they did, the Wildcats and the Breakers for so long. The Phoenix, if they can start retaining guys like that with Creaky there and, and all that, then all of a sudden they start looking to the future of, we can do this every year. We just get a couple new pieces here and there and we keep building on this because they're going to be tough to beat. Well, that's an interesting point because I'm pretty sure it's a contract year for Creaky. Mm. So that'd be a big kind of get it done item as well. You know, does he look to kind of parlay a big season into big money in China or in Europe or something like that. Watch this space. Well, yeah, but he had for the Phoenix. And I think the best part about it is whoever starts bringing up the, the duo of, of Joe Chi and Mitch Creek about mm. how they've just become people didn't think about the, the bond and what they've got the more. They start really dominating together and stuff. Then the question is, well, we, can we really have one without the other? It's, it's something that's really special. package deal in the CBA. That'd be, oh, well, I mean, that'd be big time. <laughs> yeah, we'd hope not. All right, what do you got for the Phoenix? Uh, for this season, I've just got to never go cold again on the same night. I think that's going to be, I mean, happened in the Kings game. They didn't hit anything mm. until outside. And they've got shooters everywhere. They've got mm. scorers everywhere. They just can't have a night where no one's going. Uh, they, they got That's how they managed to get beat. And I don't think they'll have too many of those. But when it comes mm. to like the big games in the finals, if they have everybody go cold, that's going to hurt them because they're designed to take a lot of threes. They're designed to make a lot of threes. And if they're not doing that, it, no one was. Creaky got going in the fourth. Brokoff didn't get going. Ken Glidden came off. Adnan was slow. Arthur was slow. Everybody was struggling. And when they couldn't tick the scoreboard over, they still did a relatively good job to get back in to that game. It looked like it could get ugly for a while, but they just can't have a night when no one's firing. Yeah. Fair call. Um, all right, let's let's uh, go top to bottom on this. So we started with number one on the power rankings, the Phoenix. Let's go to number ten, the New Zealand Breakers. What what do you got for these guys? Win the lotto, <laughs> and I say that I say win the lotto just to get a good luck, just find something, yeah. some good luck, four leaf club, something. They have been mm. the amount of bad luck. I don't know what happened when they walked under a ladder, stepped on a crack, black cat, something. It was they have just had every single thing in terms of bad luck happen. I, 
and that's not even including the fact that they have to be away from home for however long. So that's that's already they're always going to be up against it. But then you add in the COVID before the season, right before the season started, wiped out players and Dan Shamir and wiped them out well from all reports. Like they were, yep. they were cooked. And then you come back and Peyton Seaver, we know he struggled in the blitz, but then gets injured. They have to find a new replacement. They just they've had no good luck story. And I think we spoke a little bit about it um, after one of the games of they take the Hawks, who are one of the favorites, to double overtime, which they look back and think that that's a game they, they should have won. And you finish that game, you deflate it after double overtime, and then you head back to a hotel room and it's just you and four walls. And yeah. just, what do we have to do? You go out there, you struggle against Melbourne United because of course you do. I mean, how hard would it be to get out of that? And Tom Abercrombie's now hurt. He's their heart and soul. He's their defensive leader. They have zero defensive identity without him. Yeah, and we saw that with the tight ends last season. When, when you take out the spearhead of a, a defensive-minded guard like DJ Newbill, and then they struggled the year after. With no Tom Abercrombie, who's going to lead their charge on the defensive mm. end? Mm. And you have to play defense in the NBL. Um, let me circle around back to the defensive point because that's that's where I'm going to focus in. But but on the point of Lark and, uh, and playing um, all their games here in Australia, and this is the point I try to bring up from time to time, is... That the biggest problem that they have with with all of that is not being able to have a circuit breaker game at home in front of your home fans to mm. just get back on track. And you see that, like, look at Cairns right now. Cairns have won two games, both at home. Yeah. Tasmania have won two games, both at home. And that last win from Tassie over New Zealand was the perfect example of what we're talking about because they just lost four in a row. One of those was at home, but the other three were on the road. And it's like their season's going down the gurgler. They go home. The place is packed out. The Taswegians are going bananas every time they make a shot. And once they build a little bit of momentum in that first half, the crowd and the home environment helps it to go even further. Now they have 50 points on the board at halftime. They're up by double digits. It's a really hard slog to try to get back for their opponent at that point. And the break is... They just don't get that up opportunity. So a three-game streak becomes a four, a five, now it's a six-game streak, and they don't get that chance to go home in front of those fans at Spark Arena and, and break that circuit. And that's that's the big one. We talk about how hard it is to win on the road in the NBL. That's an absolute fact. But teams always have that chance to just break the circuit, get back on track, and then go back on the road and have another swing at it, and they don't get that opportunity. And how now with with their record, it's it would have happened in the Tassie game. Uh, I mean, after you, you lose to the Hawks and Melbourne United was always going to be a tough game to play at John Kane Arena. But you go down to Tassie, you expect like, this is a big chance for us to win and you, you give up 50 points in the first half. And then the, the thoughts creeping into everybody's mind is if, what happens if we lose this? If we yeah. lose this one, what now? And that's going to happen until they can just get that one win in the win column. And it's going to be so much harder because they're away from home, as you said. And yeah. It just keeps building and just slowly creeps in. When you go to Cairns, it might think like it's a winnable game. One of the toughest road trips in the NBL. Yeah. And you're warming up and you're like, oh, if we lose this one, we'd be on seven. Or what now? And you just yeah. can't think like that. But it's just, it's inevitable. It's yeah. everybody would. Everyone's tough to beat on their home floor. Everyone in the whole league. You know, when 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 I think when Tassie comes into your building this year, yeah. you probably go, all right, look, this is a a real opportunity to just kind of get a solid win here. Um 
the Sydney left it until the final kind of 10 minutes to get that done a week ago. But but on their home floor, and this is what we said at the start of the season when we saw them in prison, okay, well, they're showing us a little sum on their home floor, they're going to be tough to beat. Two wins out of three. That game that they lost was a close one to Adelaide. That's the problem for the breakers. But we spoke about being positive before. That is their reality. They can't change it. So they've got to look at, well, what do we got to do in this situation to get some things done and the answer and this is their new year's resolution for me is to play some goddamn defense because that just hasn't been there to begin this season last in defensive rating by a long 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 way last in defensive effective field goal percentage because they're giving up a lot of layups a yeah. lot of shots around the rim guys i mean and i'm talking about usman jiang real quick we want him to have a massive season. Everyone wants him to have a massive season because he's such an incredible talent and he's a chance to be a lottery pick in the NBA. If yeah. he doesn't sit down and guard somebody, that's not going to happen because people are just strolling right by him to the rim. And he's not alone. He's got some friends there as well. Second last in steal percentage because they're not applying, they're switching everything. So, and they're not applying, there's not switch to, you know, in an aggressive way. It's just kind of like trying to make it work. Uh, last in opponent turnover percentage. Again, no pressure. Last in opponent three-point percentage by a mile. 42% teams are shooting against them. Um, even though they're not giving up many threes because they're giving up so many layups, yeah. the threes that they are giving up are wide open and teams are knocking it down. Now, these are all small sample sizes because it's only been six games for them and for some other teams. Like Cairns have only played three games. But it's a trend and it's a worrying trend. And Dan Shamir, in, you hear him in the timeouts and a lot of it, and you hear him post-game, a lot of it is about, well, what reads are we making? What are we executing? That team just needs to take a cultural mindset shift to becoming what Tasmania is trying to be right now, which is our offense is a work in progress, but we are really tough to score against. Well, I think Dan Shamir must have tried that in that United game when he had Finn Delaney guarding Delhi trying to bring the ball up. And that's normally you'd put, well, Tom Abercrombie would go to Chris Golding and he'd lead it. I think he's just trying to throw something out. You look at their starting lineup, you look at everyone they have, Finn Delaney's probably their best defender. So you're looking at everybody uh, to try and do that. And they're just trying to spark something, but it's going to come down to personnel. You're going to have to tell Usman Jiang, if he wants to play, like Dan Shamir is right now, doesn't have the trust in him. No. That's one way you get minutes. You know, I'm going to, you know what? I've got the length. I've got the athleticism. Let me do everything on the defensive end. Then I'll be out there more. Then my offense will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. so they just need someone else to flick the switch because without Tom Abercrombie, it's going to be mightily hard. Yeah. And that, and that happened in that game down in Tassie. Usman Jiang came out four minutes, I think minus 14. They were outscored by 14 in that four minutes and he didn't come back on the floor. And that's what's happening with Nikita Mikhailovsky and Tassie, Scott Roth just doesn't have any faith in him defensively. Yep. Came out in preseason in his minutes, got lost a bunch of times. He's seen it on the practice floor a lot. So, and he's like, would well, you know what? I'm not, yes, he's a talented next star, but we're trying to build something here and we've got to establish a thing. So these, these young guys, they come into the league, super talented, but this is a tough league and coaches are trying to win games. So you got to sit down and defend. All right, let's go back up towards... The top second place on the power rankings, the Wildcats. Well, obviously, the last couple of days has been different NBL-wise around Australia. But if everything can go somewhat to, to plan, it's some sort of hope and lighter border restrictions just for WA. So they get home in terms of the jungle. You talk about home games and yeah. 
They had a record crowd their last game before they came over to this mm-hmm. side. On a Sunday against Tassie, that place was rocking. They want to continue to build that fortress as it's always been going into the Jungle RAC Arena. Because then when it gets to the finals, if you've got to go over there and try and win a game and try and steal one, it's going to be almost impossible to do with the roster they've put together. So I think it's just something, if everything goes to plan, there's probably a million other things that are going to change before then. But what we from what we knew from a couple of weeks ago, what we thought was going to happen, uh, what everything is, WA doesn't let too many sport teams in, but they they need that. That is another thing. I think they're good enough to still win on the road, but it's just not the same as running out in front of a record crowd of 13,000 people. Geez, everything's breaking pretty well for the Wildcats, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they play their first five games at home, mm. which is a beautiful thing. They go four and one. And then when they head out on the road, the, the, the other kind of teams in the top half of the power rankings, that like the other like really solid championship contending teams, are all finding like Southeast Melbourne and Melbourne can't play at John Kane Arena right now so they can't go and host the wildcats there brisbane and illawarra all have covid mm. uh sydney are banged up so perth like well we can we can take on cairns we can take on tasmania like it's it's broken pretty well for the wildcats my news resolution for them i've got i got two one is a kind of a specific thing and that is like they got a they got a rebound mm. news resolution is to block out and to help out on the glass because they don't have Nick Kay, John Mooney, um, like those, those guys that were just mod. They've obviously built this championship um, uh, history around defense and rebounding under Trevor Gleason. This squad's a little bit different. They're last in the league in defensive rebounding percentage mm. at this point. Not something we're used to saying about the Wildcats. First in the league in offensive rebounding percentage. Majuk Majuk, Vic Law, Luke Travers, these guys scared after the offensive glass. They need everybody involved in, uh, in defensive rebounds. Majuk Majuk's an interesting example. Third in offensive rebounds, 21st in defensive rebounds. And I think he's actually a really fundamentally sound rebounder. He does a, I think he's not getting those re- defensive rebounds. He's blocking out. Yeah keeping opponents off the board. So everyone else, you know, like Damian Martin used to be unbelievable at swooping on defensive boards from a point guard position. So all those other guys on the floor, Bryce Cotton and Michael Frazier, these guys all have to kind of lock in on being defensive rebounders. But my main one is make the playoffs because I just think it would be unfair on Scott Morrison. (laughs) (laughs) He's a nice, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. So I don't want him to come into this league and just forever be the guy that missed the playoffs. So it's not going to happen. They're going to make it, but that's got to be, that's got to be a, just a box that just gets ticked as soon as possible so that he's not that guy. Well, it, what does help, as you said, that, that what they've had in terms of, I guess it can be a bit of luck, but how everything's played out. They were late in the preseason. Scott Morrison was late to arrive. Michael Frazier's only just getting started. And all those games leading up to it have been against that team, the teams of the Adelaide's, the Cairns, the Tassies, they've had Brisbane um, a couple of times, but that's what's helped them. That What better way to kind of find your feet as a team and identity to, to go through those games where you're expected to win, take care of business and also fix some things along the way. So they, they are on the right track, but Jeepers, that would be, that's not a side of history you'd want to be on if you ask Scott Morrison, but I, I don't think it'll happen. I think they'll nah. be 
that's that's one of those news resolutions that's a good one to make because you just know you'll get it done well if i mean if they don't someone's going to timestamp this and throw it out there as a commentator's curse so i had nothing to do with this red army (laughs) no 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 don't worry that's not that's not a problem Uh, all right tazzy now down to uh ninth on the power ranking i'm going to say master some meditation classes oh because we know, I'm talking about their offensive end and the way they play. Once yeah. they, when they calm down and they get through sets, when they get through things and they don't just come down and play one on one, they come down and just energetic or just jacket, they're good. I mean, mm. they put up, they put up points against other numerous teams. I mean, they lost it by 20 to Perth in Perth, which, as we said, impossible place to play and try and win on the road. But they look better. They had got the uh, ball through hands. They ran sets. They got the ball to the end of the shot clock sometimes, which you rarely say about Tassie. And when the, I think they just started to realize, hang on, if we slow this down, yes, we still want to play quick with that, but let our defense dictate that if we get out on the break or stops to get out and run. But if not, let's just settle it down. We've got mm. a great pass first point guard in Josh Majette. Let's get some balls through, through hands, get some screens. When Clint Steinle comes in, let's keep feeding him, get him mm-hmm. off all these plays. They've looked really good. And I think that's all going to come with just really taking a deep breath when in the half court and get through some sets. Love it. I mean, I got a, and mine's very, very similar. And it applies to everyone there except for Clint Steindl. <laughs> He's got, he has a different set of rules. Get on the gun. And yeah, it's holster the three ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're last in three point percentage. Majette and Adams in particular speak like those guys in particular both rank inside the top six in three-point attempts, mm. but are in the low 20s in terms of their three-point shooting percentage to this point. Now, they're both better shooters than that, but we saw on the weekend what Josh Adams looks like when he's in attack mode. Mm. I described him in the preseason as like, he's like Derek Rose light because he has that incredible bounce, but he's also got that explosive quickness. And when he puts it on the deck, on the other night, he was getting by guys, getting to the rim, laying it up. He was getting fouled. Double-figure free throw attempts just looked way better. Doesn't mean don't shoot it, yep. but just don't. It's not the first priority attack. And for Josh Majed as well, he has a tendency to just launch it from <laughs> Steph Curry territory <laughs> early in shot clocks uh, when that whole team, they're... they're uh, potential offensively is through his playmaking Mm. and so um obviously you know you don't want to sort of take a guy's confidence away he can certainly make those shots we have seen that from time to time but he and that whole team are at their best when they're moving the ball getting each other involved and kind of um you know getting two feet in the paint well that's the the key is it's yeah it's the the reason they're three-point percentage those two guys is down is they haven't been good shots i mean it's hard for anyone to shoot a high clip when you're coming down taking step backs from deep overhand it's just not right. gonna work. but again they know they have to get through an offense that'll settle all that down yeah. you can still have your heat check if you're feeling good but i think that'll be all positives going forward for tassie so when do they do the meditation so is that during the week pre-game Bit of both. I mean, there's an actually a good app for Apple Smiley Mind apps. We use that yep. uh, in NBL, and it's a good thing of the, that just coming back to where you need to be and doing all that. And if everybody's in a similar situation, we used to do it before Ballarat Miners games. Our coach put us on to, to that uh, at the time. And again, a lot of people just like, oh, it's whatever, but it just helps to calm you down. And then if everyone knows that that's the way we've got to kind of play, it helps. It'll help them more on the road. At home, it's different. You're going to have feed off the energy of the crowd. It's a bit harder. 
on the road, what happens when you get down 12, 15 points and you're yeah. like, oh, well, I need a bucket here. Let's just take a deep breath, get the ball through hands. Smiling mind is cash. We, uh, my, we, we put it on some, my son uses it to go to sleep. Sometimes does a quick meditation session. My daughter, less happy with smiling mind. <laughs> we asked her the other night, should we put on a smiling mind to help you go to bed? She goes, I hate smiling. She's five, by the way. I said, I hate it. I was like, oh, why? She said, smiling mind is just some lady bossing kids around. Well, she, I mean, she's right. but <laughs> Telling you know, kids what her, to do. You know what's good for her? It is good. It is very good. Um, all right. So we're back up towards the top half of the uh, of the league here. Melbourne United. Are you first or you want me to go? I'll go first. Okay. And it's a, it's a specific resolution for Vico. Oh, okay. Just chill out a little. <laughs> Another smiling mind guy. Smiling mind for Vico. Um, he's, he's really stressed. Mm. On the I mean, this is a guy with three championships in his back pocket. Yep. He's got, I mean, he, he's got a ticket to ride there at Melbourne United, right? Because yeah. he's, they haven't missed the playoffs since he's been there. He's one of the greatest coaches in NBL history. It's, mm-hmm. it's all there and in the books. And do you remember when he first arrived in Melbourne and he had the sharp men's club blazers? Yep. And he was kind of Mr. Suave on the, yep. on the side. I think, where's that gone? I'd like to see Vico just chill out a little, take it a little easy. I mean, I, whatever he does works because his teams are always really successful and I love the intensity they play with at the defensive end and how he keeps everybody accountable. But I also just worry about it, like his blood pressure and his kind of stress <laughs> levels. And I want him to coach in the league for a really long time. Well, it's, I think it's it's the expert. He knows it's the expectation of what he, he the expectation there for Melbourne United and himself, and then he knows what the group is capable of. And when they don't live up to that, I think that's what that's what always when I was with him, that's the, exactly the, the type of things he'd get upset about. We lost by forty two at Perth, I think, before yeah. the break, and that was that was the worst two weeks of my life. That was I was not close to going on the fever break, but I also wanted to go away. I would have filled water bottles just to get away from what we had to go through. <laughs> but again, it's just, it all comes with what he's learned and just knows the potential of the group. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, but again, it's going to come down to the team. Just got to perform. If you want him to calm down, come out on fire with energy early and then he, he'll calm down for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Was, so that got, the, um, was that the wrestling type? The MMA, where oh, I yeah. got pile driven by uh, Ty Wesley and Madruk Madruk and Ooh. those guys throwing up everywhere. Really? Yeah, it was one of the hardest workouts I've ever done. Turning point though, right? That's the that's yeah. the moment. They're the weeks that you guys on that cha- 2018 championship team look at and say, that's what made our season. That was the, the thing. We, we turned it around from there and we went on to win. And as soon as we, in the off season, I think we were celebrating wherever we were in St. Kilda and we all thought, hang on, if we come back next year, we're going to have a lot of MMA and wrestling. And <laughs> worked. And what do we do? We get there in preseason. MMA is coming. Oh everywhere. my god! Um, all right. So, oh, what do you got? I've got first one. Circle every Southeast Melbourne game as a revenge game, and mm. I mean that in terms of if they can win the next whatever it is, if they have a playoff series, that highlight's going to be shown to death. Yeah, and that is that is always because it's one of the greatest dunks that we've seen. One way to try and have the upper hand on that is to get your revenge back on the scoreboard, try and keep the Phoenix away from any kind of run they can make to the title. There's nothing I don't, they've got Huck Porty and maybe Jack White who could throw down a dunk that would be bigger than that, but I just don't see that happening. 
So mm-hmm. I think the best way is on the scoreboard, circle every game, go out there, make a statement each and every time and try and finish higher than them this season. Then you can always look back on it and say, yep, yeah, it's whatever. I think Delhi's going to always have that mindset, but that highlight's not going anywhere. That no. highlight is... And, and that rivalry's not going anywhere either. No, the, the, the battle for, for like being the best team in Melbourne is well and truly on at this point. Which again, and there's nothing that you and we're not going. We're not. We don't want another massive brawl. We don't want any of that. It's just got to be on the scoreboard. So, well, well I mean, I thought there's a lot of mayonnaise on it. So <laughs> if we maybe a little bit more in the center of the court, then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, the other one is from whatever Agata has been eating and drinking, whatever he's been doing, to mm-hmm. just doing that for the rest of the season. Because mm. this man went from a couple games where everyone's like. Melbourne United are cooked. He needs to go home to hang on. This guy's legit. This guy's a superstar. His stats on the weekend were outrageous. So whatever he's been doing, maybe he's been on the smiling mind, something, keep doing it because it's working. He's a nice breath of fresh air too, isn't he? I loved his response to Joe Healy post-game the other day where he was like, how many rebounds? Well, him and Huck Portier, they've got this like obviously a relationship together off the court, and Huck Portier has his own camp. After that game uh, against the Breakers at John Kane Arena, he was uh, he had a camera out. He had his own camera, whether he was doing a documentary or something, just fo- following Jack White around, and just he was putting on himself and stuff. So, okay. hopefully, he puts it out. But again, those two have a nice little thing off the court. Nice. All right, let's go down to Adelaide. Um, the New Year's resolution for the 36 is to get Isaac Humphreys fit. Mm. This team is built around, as most teams should be, if they've got the finances, built around their local talent being elite, being all league level. And that's what they've put together here, right? Like uh, Mitch McCarron, Isaac Humphreys, Daniel Johnson, and to a slightly lesser extent, Sunday there. That's what this team is built around. And then the imports are going to fill those gaps. So we need a shooter as a, to fill a, a gap on the perimeter, bring in a guy like Dusty Hannes. All right, we need a, a versatile wing to kind of play in between Sunday and DJ mm-hmm. there at the three, the four. We bring in a guy like Todd Withers. But all of that works if those guys are playing at that level. And a lot of it comes down to Isaac Humphreys. He entered last season in immaculate condition mm. he used we will remember last year we were talking about who will have used the lock like the lockdowns and the covid delay to come some will have done nothing like lamar patterson did and <laughs> your, hands, your hands up. some will have done everything and that's clearly what isaac humphries did and he came in these are some of his lines from the first month of last season he had a game with 24 and 11 with seven blocks. Yeah. 24 and 14 with six blocks. And he had eight straight games with two or more blocks in that first month of the season. Then he had the injury. He He's still in the recovery mode. He's nowhere near in that kind of shape. And it's a bit of a struggle across his first five games this season. He's averaging nine and five. He's had three single singles. He's had a total of four blocks across those first five games. He's the key to that team. So if whatever they can do while if he's in there in isolation right now, if he can just do everything he possibly can to try to get back to that elite level of fitness, that can start to change things for this team. I mean, he was unreal, wasn't he? 
we talk about how it was MVP leader at the time when that's the kind of stuff. And Andy, you're right. That is what Adelaide need. I mean, I've gone a bit out. I've said they need to sign Derek Jeter. And I say this as a Yankee fan in terms of the leader that he was. I mean, mm. yes, he's a great baseball player. And yes, the, his stats were good. They weren't out of this world. But his leadership on and off the pitch was incredible. And that's something that I think they need. And you look at their team. Mitch McCarron's a great leader, but he's new. He's coming into a new environment. He's got a new head coach. So he's got to try and find a way that he can best impact that and I think he's starting to realize now that he has to go a bit more on the offensive end when guys aren't struggling um because right he, he's looking like Draymond Green out there he's just passing and trying to play defense rebounding when we know we've seen him in on other teams he can score the ball and the other your main veteran is Daniel Johnson who is as quiet as anything and I now those who know Daniel Johnson knows that he can, can lead by example when, when he's trying, but a lot of the times if he gets frustrated, he goes into his own shell or his frustration comes out the wrong way. And if you're a young guy, if you're a Tad Dufemeyer, Mojave King, that could potentially just throw you off your mark. And yeah, yeah Bruton's new, everybody's new. So I just think they need someone to just take the reins in terms of leadership on the floor to be able to settle everybody down and just bring everybody along. And I think that guy is going to be Mitch McCarron. It's just, it's going to have to come now with, he might be saying all the right things and it's just taking a while to click. But now it's going to have to just be, well, I'm going to go and you guys have to follow my lead because yeah. I can't just keep dishing and facilitating and hoping you guys pick it up. I'm going. You're either leaving me on my own or we're in trouble. Yeah. I feel like that vocal leadership element of him will come out. He'll be more confident to do that if he's scoring and, and producing and playing really well in that regard. I mean, he's still playing well, you know, like he's getting guys good yeah. looks. And he's always going to be there at the defensive end. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think if he takes a little bit more of a, a, um, uh, the onus offensively to kind of put some more points on the board, it will start to all kind of come together. I mean, he's going to have to be that guy that you want CJ Britton to say, look, you tell me when you want to sub because yeah. I'll bring in Mahabe, I'll bring in Tadu for my, but I'm just going to put you to the two. Like, I'll just do that when you want a little bit of a breather. I don't want to have to take you off. I want you going facilitating a bit then going again you're our guy that's why we yeah. you. so let's and then once you go i think the rest of the guys will follow all right what about the illawarra hawks now this i'm not sure if you've ever played this you ever played a game called bloons tower defense no so it's all about protecting your home like it's all about mastering the bloons tower defense that's where i'm at with them is it a board game or video game Online game, and it's all about you've just got to stop all these things coming into your house, like the, okay. the balloons or the different things. But that's what it is, the defensive end. Just That's what Gorge wants. They've got yeah. scores galore. They've got talent galore. But you look at it now. There's no reason you should be going to double overtime with New Zealand breakers. You should be able to, at least when it comes to the first overtime, get enough stops to win that game. Defense is going to be their thing. Gorge, he mm. hangs his hat on that. That's what he prides himself on. They've got Tyler Harvey. They've got Jessup. Cleveland's going to lead it. And Tony's Cleveland. I think he's been yep. in relation in that. But you've got all these guys. Duop Reith, Sam Froling. You've got plenty of talent there. It's just going to be, you've got to make sure that teams are struggling to score against you because you won't have a problem scoring yourself. This is the beautiful thing about them is that they're going to, they're going to get there. Because mm. Gorge teams always get there. Yeah. At the in in terms of the defense, you saw what he did with the Boomers, right? He came in and he was like, "This team's never had any trouble scoring." Andre's put in a you know created a beautiful system and environment of culture of teamwork, and they all know that we're playing off Patty. I just got to come in and have an impact defensively, and that's going to take this team to the next level. Yeah. Um, and 
as long as they can actually be out there on the practice floor, which they yeah. haven't been able to be over the last little bit um, and spend time with him, he's going to get there. And that's why my New Year's resolution for the Hawks is to extend Gorge's contract. Oh, that'd be good. He's just a complete game changer for, for any organization, but for a team like that, who, you know, the season, like for, uh, have had some successful years. They won a championship at one point. They've been back to the grand final series from time to time, but it's always a bit of a roller coaster ride of one season up, one season down, like it's been for Cairns in recent times. That doesn't happen with Gorge at the helm. You yep. are just in the finals, championship contender, year in, year out. So if they could get that done, that'd be amazing. I mean, they're doing it not just for us, uh, for the Hawks. We're doing it for everybody else. Every Barcelona fan wants that. So that's everybody's resolution for the Hawks. Just get that done. And just, it does, doesn't have to be crazy. 10 years is fine. Just <laughs> around that. Get that Al Westover, lifetime contract. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, the Taipans. <laughs> what do you got for the Taipans? Bubble wrap to Jim McCall. Mm. That man, I mean, we we knew what he was capable of. We we seen we saw signs of it uh, in the preseason and stuff with Scott Machado going down. He just willed them to a win the other week. Yeah, at home on both ends. We know he's going to be a defensive specialist, but we're seeing what he can do on the offensive end. And I think you and I said if he if he could knock down his outside shot at even thirty two percent, he'd be in the NBA. Yeah, he wouldn't be here, and that's the thing holding him back. So he's going to keep working on that, but. I mean, they want to keep ticking off some wins. That he's he brought the entire team along. He brought these guys on. They had seven players. They signed Robbie Heath as a replacement player. He played some minutes at the end, and he just was single handedly made sure. What we're saying, Mitch McCarron has to do is look. I'm going. Yes. You guys are coming yep. with me or not? And everybody just took it. County Pinder came on, had one of his better games in the NBL. Uh, Bull Qual. He was strapping up full court. He was getting all up and in, saying, "Hang on, if you're doing it, I'll give you a break. I'll do it." Mm-hmm. And this man is incredible. I hope he stays in the league for a long time. But if the Cairns want to keep ticking off some wins this season, as soon as that game's done, bubble wrap that man. Don't let him do anything. Yeah, love it. Um, just quickly for them, New Year's resolution, look after the rock. Play with great energy. Love it. They, under Adam Ford, they're getting after it defensively. Um, he always you know, has his team fired up to, to play at, at a high emotional level. But also, you got to just calm down a little bit and look after the rock. Set their second last in offensive rating at this point after the first month because they lead the league in turnover percentage. Yep. Six guys, their whole starting five plus Nature averaging two or more turnovers. So if they can kind of start to clean that up. Now you don't want to lose it because part of what's beautiful with Jim McCall is like he drives it and then he spins yeah. and then he, he just makes it up as he goes along and he's playing at that kind of right he goes right up to the line in terms of his decision-making. But if they can just kind of tone that back a little bit, that would definitely help. Well, you can kind of, at the Adam Ford, you're probably thinking, look, I'll live with Tadji McCall having a few turnovers a game just because you, you know he's intense there and he's going 100 miles an hour. And most of the time, you're going to get more often than not good things happen and you're going to need him to. But it's everything else of, okay, if he's turned it over a couple of times, I can't have quite Noy coming down and throwing the ball. Quite Noy, Majuk Dang. Yeah, I can't have that. So I'm with you. That's a good yep. one. All right, let's go back up to the Brisbane Bullets. My news resolution for them is to listen to James Duncan and mm. what he's preaching. He came into this role as the head coach for the Bullets saying, my God, I've got such incredible offensive firepower on this team. He, he's constantly talking about how he had the scout 
on Brisbane last year as the, for the last couple of years as a Sydney Kings assistant. And his scout was, we can really score on these guys. Right. All right. So just um, he broke down all he, he uh, gave to the Kings players all the different ways in which Brisbane's defense breaks down. Well, oh, that's and not so, what you want. <laughs> if you're a player and you get a coach coming from an assistant coach as your head coach, the first thing he says is, you want to read the scout we have on you? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he's come in saying, look, um, I, I've, I've done my research on this league. It's, it's a tough, highly competitive competition. You, you can't try to win this league by just outscoring teams. You've got to be able to become a really good defensive team. Last year, they were eighth in defensive rating, second last. Mm. in the league despite all that talent there's so be playing at mvp level vic law for half the year um so he's come in and you can hear him on the sidelines he, he's he's just taken them back to the fundamentals he's constantly talked to him about having their hands up yep. just trying to like let's all have our hands up that's and while we're playing d start from there you can you if you watch damian martin over the course of his oh. incredible defensive career a yep. lot of it was just active hands. Yes, the footwork, yes, the energy and the mentality, but he had active hands. You can hear James Duncan talk to them about these types of things. So if they buy in to that, I mean, down the other end, Patterson, Sobey, Franks, Drimmick, like Kadi, it's all just going to take care of itself. If they can make some big leaps defensively this season, there's a team that's going to be challenged for a playoff spot. And that's kind of where my I'm at is just find that consistency in the style. But you talk about that, that comes with all of that because they've got the pieces. I mean, we've seen when we've seen how good they can be. I mean, they beat Perth in Perth and you beat Illawarra at home. So you've shown us what you can do. Mm. And you've laid a couple of eggs along the way already to start the season. So yeah, find that consistency and you will be challenging for a playoff spot. And once you're in the playoff, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. anything can happen you can catch a team slipping on their home floor first game start feeling good go home and knock off a team that perhaps no one thought you could so they just got to make sure that every single game they have that consistency they've got enough pieces they've got a lot of the right pieces and a lot of that will come with listening to the head coach sydney last team sixth on the power rankings what do you got for the purple I'll goal? Say, i would say ours would be very similar in terms of just get healthy <laughs> Mm. I mean, find that health like we preached all throughout the preseason how good it would be to see all three imports out there together Vasilyevich was coming back all mm. these other guys as next stars it takes time when you ever you got a new team you got a new coach you got a new system to build something and with the chemistry and everything they have not had everybody out there yet in terms of yeah. fully healthy playing their normal amount of minutes so that's going to take a lot of time to try and figure out when they do come back it's going to start with Jalen Adams. They need Jalen Adams just to get healthy. He's the main one. We People are listing him as potential MVP candidates. We yeah. know what we can do. He's at least got to be back because Xavier Cooks is balling out. Drill Martin's shown he's one of the best players in the league. So they need health throughout the whole team, but it's going to start with Jalen Adams, man. We need For to see sure. For sure. Yeah, be available was yeah. mine. The best ability is availability. And last season for the Kings was defined by their injuries. Mm-hmm. Remember, the whole thing was like, what a great job Adam Ford did of just getting that team to be competitive game in, game out, despite all the injuries. Xavier Cook's going down in preseason, then Vasiljevic with the Achilles injury. They ended up 19 and 17, despite all of that, which was really impressive. But, and so everyone forgave though, you didn't make the plus, but man, God, you did well with your injuries. Let's not have this be a whole another one of those seasons. And so far it has been. Geez, they've battled. What are they, three and three? And it's like, well, you've done a good job despite your injuries, but if you want to be a championship contender, I mean, teams around the league 
um, have been like pretty chuffed yeah. that Jalen Adams has been hurt. Yeah, no doubt. Because he's a gun. Yeah. Like he's an absolute gun. Teams do not want to play against him. He had that one game against Melbourne United. They won. He was just still finding his feet. He's an enormous piece to that. And yeah, I don't know what they need to do. I don't know how they make it happen, but just need their guys on the floor. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that, isn't it? And you're going to have, you're not going to have as many games as bad ever again as what they've dished up against Melbourne in Melbourne. But there's always the potential to lay an egg without your, your main guys out there. And that's just always going to happen unless you can get everybody out there and your leaders, your floor generals doing all that. Uh, what's what's going on for New Year's? We're, we're, call, you're, we're calling together on New Year's Eve? Yeah, I think so. So that'll be nice, nice game. And then but then you're not on deck for New Year's Day. So is it, what, what goes on after? Uh, but see, I'm the same. I, I'm not going to do too much because of I know what's currently out there around. Yeah. I don't have, unless I can really sit outside, have a beer and a palmer, then I'm not going to do too much. Right. You won't catch me inside anywhere, click and collect most places. Just yeah. no need to do it. If I can avoid it, then I'll just avoid it. I've got the Fair night. Go home. Read a book, a little smiling mind, bring you in 2022. Perfect. That's a way to roll. <laughs> awesome, man. This has been good. Hey, before we finish up, I want to give a shout out to um, the usual producer of the huddle, Guy Neville. Guy and Sarah getting married this week. So um, he's not with us today. He's getting all the preparations underway. But um, shout out to, hopefully he's not listening. Should be getting, the, <laughs> doing the rehearsal and making sure the rings are in place. Um, but yeah, congratulations to those two. Best of luck with the wedding, and um, we'll catch them on the other side. How good! That's all you want. I got married in the back shed a year ago, so that's as stressful as it gets. How awesome, good. man! Awesome. All right, good stuff. And uh, to all the listeners, happy new year. Stay safe. Enjoy the celebrations and uh, brace yourself because once all these postponed games get rescheduled, it's going to oh. be crazy times of all kinds of NBL action in the early part of 2022. Good stuff, Hulls. Thanks, mate. See you on Friday. Cash.